This is the Gospel for Life, where we have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. Around the table today is Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring United Reformed Church, Vinnie Hanke from Valley Life Community Church, and Ryan Hemphill from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. To catch earlier broadcasts, just search The Gospel for Life wherever you subscribe. To find out more about this ministry and about our annual conference, go to ReformationBoise.com. Welcome back to The Gospel for Life. We are so glad to be with you again. We have been working through concerns about beliefs of progressive Christianity. Progressive Christianity is what used to be liberalism with regard to what J. Machen Gresham, J. Gresham Machen uh, addressed back in 1923 when he wrote his book Christianity and Liberalism. It just has a new face, maybe slight variations, but the main themes are the same. And the underlining premise that drives progressive Christianity or the, the working basis is that the Word of God is not authoritative. I think when we began this series, Ryan talked about the idea of sola scriptura. And we just have to keep that in mind, that the the bottom line is that true Christianity is a biblical Christianity is based upon the authoritative Word of God, um, that we do not bring truth, we do not create truth, we are recipients of truth, and we are called to submit to the truth of God's Word and the reality is that Satan was not willing to, mm-hmm. and what he has done is spent his existence undermining the authoritative Word of God. Mm-hmm. And he does so in some quite subtle ways, quote-unquote mm-hmm. quoting God, mm-hmm. but not. Yeah. Half-truths, innuendos, suggestions. And even at the very beginning, you know, the that first temptation that Satan really uttered to Adam and Eve was, did God really say? Mm-hmm. It's an out. And that's been his first temptation ever since. Yep. It's, an out. Oh, sorry, it's just an outright lie with mixed in with some truth, mm-hmm. right? And like the accusation he makes is, you'll not surely die, but you'll become like God. Well, in one way, they did become like God. They began to know the difference between good and evil, mm-hmm. but they did experience spiritual death and eventually physical death. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so as we work through these principles of progressive Christianity, what we're, we're hoping to provide you as the listener is some tools to be able to discern what aspects of what they're saying is actually true and what those things that they're saying aren't. And hopefully you've heard me say multiple times, we want you to drive on the road. We don't want you to be in, in a ditch. And progressive Christianity is a ditch. Mm-hmm. And we don't want you to leave that ditch and go into the other side. We want you to r- ride on the road of being those that are underneath the authoritative word of God and live in light of the truths of God's word. The fifth principle or command that Michael Kruger in his book, The Ten Commandments of Progressive Christianity, is going to um, respond to is that inviting questions is more valuable than supplying answers, or to say it differently, that the contrast being presented is that there are those that are humble, inquisitive seekers on a journey of discovery versus those that are less than humble dispensers of rigid 
rigid dogma who are mean, entrenched, know-it-alls. So how do we respond to this? Inviting questions is more valuable than supplying answers. I actually got uh, early in my ministry, uh, got in trouble for a little bit of this and that you know, there was a, a young adult youth group that we would have a study and so, you know, we were invited into that when I started and, you know, there were questions that would come up and I would start giving answers and my wife also would start giving biblical answers and that went on for a couple months and some people started leaving and uh, the one who originally led it said, well, you just need to ask more questions and stop giving answers. It's like, but there are answers to their questions and the Bible has answers and so... And, you know, I don't bring that up to say I was wrong in what we did, but it shows that, you know, the idea that we just need to be asking questions um, and not providing answers is completely contrary to Scripture. Jesus does ask questions to draw people out, but he also supplies clear answers. And it goes back to what we talked about uh, uh, yesterday was uh, how you give those answers in a spirit of humility and love and grace. Yeah, I think, again, this one is dangerous because it does such a great job of mixing the truth um, with the air and with the lie that, that Christianity is a place where you can find truth. And one of, the, one of the things you do to discover truth is you begin to ask questions. And this is the very tactic that Satan uses mm-hmm. in Genesis. He doesn't start with accusations uh, against God. He begins with questions that are meant to raise doubt and distract and deceive Adam and Eve in there. Did God really say? So I think this this why this one is, is so so dangerous because it's a mixture and blending of those two things. There's a certain dis- duplicity in in the this progressive Christianity which says no judgmentalism and then they come out and say you're you're mean spirited, you're entrenched, you're a know it all, you're this, you know, mm-hmm. and they begin labeling you. The the whole idea of of questioning things that's you know there there are there's good reason to ask a question and we want to entertain the answer for we want to entertain those questions that people in genuine seeking we want to bring them to that knowledge but as gk chesterton said the object of opening the mind as in opening the mouth is to shut it again on something solid Otherwise, it is more akin to a sewer taking in all things equally. Mm-hmm. Now, we don't take in everything equally. We we want to close on some solid truth, and this is the this is the goal of inviting those questions. Yes, we want to invite a question. Uh, there are ministers that will have a question and answer time after their service, which will give uh, you know we can't throw everything that we have and teach the whole counsel of God in one service. And maybe there are questions that rose from that. I go home on a, on a Monday, and oftentimes I'm answering an email that has arisen from the time of teaching. And so you know, the idea is you want to bring people to a greater understanding of truth through the question. The, yes, there is a journey, but it is a journey to the truth, not a journey to, you know, come believe nothing with me. Mm-hmm. And uh, Rusty, you mentioned this off air, I think and, and Jonathan, you, you, you uh, this always makes this me well. nervous because I, I say things <laughs> off air that make myself cringe. So. Right. No, the idea that uh, Christianity can handle the, the the questions. You know, there can be. You know, I've I've known some who have gone away from 
the faith and turned away because they felt they had these questions, but they couldn't ask them. And that's really a shortcoming if that's how a church is behaving. The church should be able to receive those questions and give answers. And as you're also saying, you know, some of those answers are long answers, but we should be willing to receive those questions. But those who are asking the questions should also be willing to receive answers. I had the opportunity of being able to be a teacher for 15 years before I stopped that and went to seminary and then now pursued pastoral ministry. And what I found over the years was that in my classroom, you really had two, you had questions that would come, but you could see that questions came from from really two um, different baseline places. So I had kids that would ask questions that sincerely wanted to know. They wanted to, to get to an answer, and they, they, they genuinely were either confused or they, they lacked information. They were seeking truth, and so they were asking questions. And then on the other end, you had people that were asking questions that actually weren't asking questions. They were just presenting challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they didn't really care about the answer. And I got to the point in my teaching where I would say to those students, do you actually want to know? Why, why are you asking this? Because if you're just asking just to ask, that I my time's too valuable to actually engage with you. I, but if you're asking to know, of course I want to, I want to follow up. Of course mm-hmm. I want to sit down with you. I taught for a while, too, and uh, there was a third group, too. They would ask you a question that they knew you were interested in and enthused about just so that they could run out the clock. The distraction yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> One of my favorites. So, so they could run out the clock and didn't have to deal with the other things that you were teaching. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've had it now as a, as a minister where people will come up and ask questions, and in my mind I'm thinking, you're the group that you actually don't care about the answer. So then it's hard – I mean, maybe I give the impression then that I not I don't I'm not interested in questions. I actually am completely fine with questions. I'm actually great with people following up and saying, "Okay, you said this, but what about this? And what does that mean for this?" Those are wonderful questions. Yeah, but if you make a question an attack, well, that's a different category. That says something. So yeah. the progressive just really hates certainty. Is really what he. Yes. This is this is where it's all driving it. They. They don't like certainty. They don't like absolutes. In fact, they create their own absolute to deny you the opportunity to present an absolute truth. Yeah. If there's anything to take from this one, I think it's it's the important uh, the importance of encouraging dialogue, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. we, if the opposite side of the ditch, the fundamentalism side of this, it says there's no room for questions. It's it's absolute because I said so. Mm-hmm. That that's the other side of the trap, and mm-hmm. we can, we can avoid that and engage the questions similar to Jesus' model that Ryan mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, and really engage and, and explore and discover the truth. But know that the the journey is not just this list of unending questions. Mm-hmm. The fact is that. How we started the show is that the Bible is the authoritative word of God. Mm-hmm. God did not come along and say, I am going to give you some helpful suggestions. I'm going to give you some broad principles that you can read into what you want. Now, there is sometimes that God just gives us principles, but he gives us authoritative principles. He gives us truth. And so to come and say that the question is more valuable than the answer really 
flies in the face, at least, of, of Jesus saying, I am the way, the life, and the truth. Mm-hmm. And so I think truth does matter to God, and, and God wants us to come to truth in a person, Jesus Christ, but truth in, in an absolute sense of there is that which is, is truly true mm-hmm. and that which is false. The, the, the question rather than the answer is not something that works logically in life. Right. I think it's telling when uh, Paul is recounting the armor of God in Ephesians 6. Uh, the first piece of armor is to gird your waist with the belt of truth. Mm-hmm. And that's the, the, the foundation. And uh, we need God's word and we need to base our knowledge, understanding, and our practice every, all of life on his word. I think this is one of the attributes that, that Paul alludes to when he talks about people being lovers of self. Mm-hmm. And I just hear that in, in this description that, that Kruger gives. He's the humble, inquisitive seeker on a journey of discovery. Like that just rings out that my questions are so important. Not really the answers or the object that's outside of me, but my ability to articulate questions and discover. And it, this ties back into the one on human potential, that, that all of that becomes the center of my journey and not the object of truth in the personal work of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. We want to take this opportunity at the end of the show to say that we actually do welcome your questions. Love them. Bring them on, please. And we would hope to seek to give you biblical answers to any of those questions. So if you do have questions that you feel like you haven't been able to raise in your own um, church setting, we would love to to search the scriptures with you and and provide biblical answers to them. You can send any of those inquiries to thegospelforlifeidaho at gmail.com. One of us will respond to you via email, but we're also willing to take up some of those questions and topics on the air. So Mm -hmm. we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Mm